Hey everybody, Wendy Sellers here, the HR lady. Thanks for coming. We are, are so excited today to talk to Vanessa Brewer. Hey Vanessa, how you doing? Hi, thanks for having me. Brewers, right? That's it. Yes, I forgot the S there. Hey, I love your website. Um, Vanessa is a transformational speaker, an author, a coach. Thank you so much for coming today. For those that are listening, uh, myself, I've just got uh, uh, all these messages with the emergency uh, broadcast system about a tornado warning. So if we lose you, we'll be back another time. And then my fabulous co-host, JC, is also under attack up in New York with a lot of power loss and a snowstorm, I believe, tonight. How are you doing right now, JC? Doing great. Great to see you. So both. far, so good, right? You know, That's right. Nothing like a little stress at the beginning of the year with a, a natural uh, disaster that we thought was already going to be gone uh, I, last year. I so. like to uh, call it the power of positivity, Wendy. Yes, right? Please stop. Please stop. Actually, our guest here, Vanessa, maybe might be able to help us with this. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> get at, Vanessa, I love the fact that you know you call yourself the the or refer to your work as the culture shaman is that how i pronounce it yeah that's it hey talk to us a little bit about that like what the heck does that all mean and um you know how do you help people in business by being a shaman yeah thanks for asking so i always just kind of bottom line it with shaman work with energy at the end of the day to a shaman everything is energy and so there's nothing good or bad and so I think that ultimately that is a perspective that's incredibly valuable because so often in organizations and people are working with strategies, they're working with relationships, they're working with goals, they're working in the practical, right? The material shaman work in the energetic. And when we are working in the material, in the practical, in the strategic, working on goals, it's really easy. I love that. I mean, not for you, but for the metaphor, I love that there's a sort of natural disaster theme <laughs> in the room, because if you're working in the world of just the material, it can really feel like you're getting windblown. You're really kind of um, victim to the circumstances. Yeah. And from the shamanic perspective, no one's a victim and there are no circumstances. There's only energy and the way that you respond to it. And the other piece of this that's really helpful in organizations is that when you have, do you remember one of those experiences where you're working either in a team or you walk into a room and you can just feel something off in the air? Everyone yeah. feel it there. That something off in the room impacts productivity. It impacts. Oh, yes, it does. Right? It impacts whether or not you actually are able to reach the results that you want. So when I work with organizations, we first identify what is that something in the room? What is that? I love it. And I then, love it. And I love, I love the fact that you even go into further talking about, you know, people pleasing and codependency and unworthiness and stuckness. And I think JC actually has some uh, statistics on that for us. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, absolutely. You know, According to a 2022 YouGov poll, 49% of adults identify, believe it or not, as people pleasers. A 2010 study found that 54% of women and 40% of men exhibit people-pleasing behavior. And believe it or not, women are more likely than men to say that they are people pleasers. Guys hold that energy in and, and internalize that. Kind of interesting. Back to you. Yeah, I, th I definitely would say I, I, I don't think us women are surprised by that statistic, right? I personally 
don't find myself i wouldn't identify myself as a people pleaser but it's funny i kind of am because i love to help people and it's usually to my detriment that i will go above and beyond for a complete stranger um and it's exhausting sometimes so on one hand it's really good oh wendy's there she's help i just helped somebody five minutes before this broadcast on something i have no clue who it was they emailed me and i'm like here's the answer I, I encourage you to contact an attorney or the attorney general. So it was like that serious of an issue. But my goal, my personal goal for 2024 is to say no more. So I must be a people pleaser then as well. I need yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, we work a lot. And when I work in organizations, I, I coined the term corporate codependency because codependency is a weird word to use in the corporate setting. But when you identify it as, as I define it as something you do to be okay or to keep a situation okay it's a re it's a resistance a resistance to not okayness i'm mm -hmm. not okay if you're not okay i'm not okay if you're not okay with me i'm not okay if the situation's not okay and so what we find is that we we help people identify what's called the true transaction so it looks like you were just helping that lady but actually there was something you are unaware of that you were either getting out of it or avoiding by not responding to it Oh, I was avoiding something. I could say that much. And now I have to do it tonight. I 100% was avoiding creating a data sheet for an upcoming webinar. And I was like, ah, I need coffee or something. Or here, I'll help this random person over here first. Go ahead, JC. Vanessa, is it true then that when we, we get quiet and if we start to focus on ourselves and our surroundings, it helps us understand that energy that's afoot and and it helps us feel present because then when we feel present, our energy becomes grounded and it gives us focus. Is that kind of like where you're going? Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. And when part of the work that I do in organizations is that, you know, it, strategies are very helpful, but they often are, um, people miss that there are strategies to do the inner awareness work too. And when you take strategy inside and you do what you just mentioned, where you get clear, you get grounded, you can actually understand what, what, what energy motivated the behavior. And then all of a sudden you have more awareness and patterns show up and you can start to pull back from those patterns and the way you show up also changes. Wow. How the heck did you end up in this? I, you know, I did my, my earliest work was in healing, deep trauma healing. And ah. then I started doing work with entrepreneurs and high level leaders. And I started to notice that it's the same patterns that play out all over the place. It doesn't matter if you're at work or you're not. And so I just started to observe that, wow, this thing that over here, this really toxic trauma response looks differently in the corporate setting in high performance, but it's the same pattern. And so when you work with people long enough, you know, you you have to kind of be crazy not to start to identify the patterns. And yeah. actually high performers are some of the biggest offenders. They're just Hello, hi. Them. I have we met. <laughs> I represent that remark she's saying. Listen to it. Yeah, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I think she says I need help, and I think she's probably right. All right, so so you said the way that we show up. So the way that we show up versus the way that we may be perceived in a room is not always our fault, though, either, right? Same. Ask. Can you ask the question a different yeah, way? Yeah. No. Absolutely. This one's kind of. It's a weird one. It's always perplexed me. So if you choose to show up and, and and you you ground yourself and you represent yourself the way that you want to show up and and you focus on the way that you show up 
to a particular instance or a particular interaction. You can control yourself in that situation, but the way that you're being perceived, it, it only is it it only goes so far. Like you can't you can't tell that person how to receive the way that you show up, but you can try to influence it, right? One hundred percent out of your control. Which is kind of cool. Like you can you don't have control over how someone else perceives you. They're perceiving you through the lens of how they experience themselves. And so one of the things that I think makes leadership so like relentlessly awesome in terms of your own evolution is you can show up perfectly clear and someone can say, that's not true. You're this way. And you have to hold, okay, I get that. That's your perspective of me. I don't want to take that away from you. And I'm also not going to take it on. And that requires a huge amount of personal responsibility and self-care and self-love and self-worthiness. That's hard. Right. It really is the, the self-worthiness and the self-love, even at work, because if there's somebody who's just out to get you, if they have their own baggage and drama and they're projecting it on you, uh, you have to learn not only to accept yourself, but for lack of a better word, ignore them, even though you have to still have to work with them. <laughs> or accept them. You know, I, I talked to my, my former husband is my business partner. And so we, I, I, I say to him, it's a very different thing to say that you don't care if people like you or not, and then to experience someone on your team not liking you. Those yeah. are very different things. Yep. I could personally say as the HR lady, I could care less in the in the regular world if you like me or not. But if you're on my team or in my circle and you know I have to interact with you on a regular basis, that that you know, I always strive to say, not that I care if you like me, but we should get along at least, you know, what's the, what is the problem? Um, and what can I do to fix it? I'm a fixer. So I love this. This is so such great information. And I know we don't have that much time today, but I am also interested in your to hear a little bit about your book. You have a book, We Are One, how one woman reclaimed her identity through motherhood. Yeah. Talk to me about that. That was a, that was a wild, <laughs> it's a, it's really not a book about motherhood. It's a book about identity and it's a book about claiming your identity in the face of constraints and limitations. And so for me, I had no plans to be a mother. My daughter was a divine surprise and it was a really big, like my whole, I, so much more of who I thought I was, was based on not being a mother than I thought. And it just bumped me up against all of these rules that I thought you had to play by and all these ways you had to be when you became a mother that it, I was just in pure rebellion against. And at the end of the day, I realized I was really fighting myself and I was fighting <laughs> conditioning and I could do whatever I wanted. And so the book is meant to be a, a bit of a, a provocative title, right? Most women lose their identities in motherhood. And I chose because of the way that I felt about it, that no way I was going to become the best, most true version of myself because I was a mother, not in spite of it. Awesome. Awesome. I would um, love to talk more about this with you, possibly on another show. In the meantime, tell our listeners today, you know, what's the best way they could connect with you and how also how you would start a relationship with them to help them in business. So I would say the best way to reach out to me, they can either email me directly and that's Vanessa at Vanessa Brewers coaching.com. I can you can put that in the show notes or something yep. or they can go to the powergift.com and I have a free training there that they can download. Then they'll be in my world. Um, but I would say, reach out to me directly if there's, if there's support that you need in your organization. And we would just have conversations to see what's going on. If it's a fit and take it from there. 
Awesome. Definitely going to go to thepowergift.com, correct? I am going to be checking it out right after the show. And then we will have you back later in 2024. Thank you so much for coming today and have a great rest of the week and a happy new year. You too. Take care.